Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. This is class nine of our jhana structure study. It's the Sariputta Sutta, the cessation of ignorance. It's a short sutta, short but dense. So I'm going to read through it one time and then I'll go back over it and pull it apart a little bit. So just listen on this first round. On one occasion, Venerable Ananda visited Venerable Sariputta. They exchanged courteous greetings and Ananda took a seat next to his friend. Ananda asked the question, Dear friend, could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to the earth or the elements of the earth? Could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to the infinitude of space or of consciousness? Could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to nothingness or of neither perception nor non-perception? Could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to this world or the next world? Would this one still be sensitive to what is occurring? Yes, dear friend Ananda, even with great concentration, this one could be sensitive to what is occurring. Please explain how one could develop concentration so that they would not be sensitive to earth or to this world or the next world and still be sensitive to what is occurring. Let me explain. On one occasion, I was here in Savati at the blind man's grove. I developed concentration to the point that I was neither sensitive to the earth or to this world or the next world, yet I continue to be sensitive to what is occurring. Please tell me, dear friend, Sariputta, what were you sensitive to at the time? Ananda, I was sensitive to the cessation of becoming. I was sensitive to unbinding. I was sensitive to the arising and passing away of all phenomena. Just as a wood fire's flame arise and pass away. Just as a wood fire's flames arise and pass away. I was sensitive to unbinding from wrong views. So Sariputta, it... Now, I know it's probably not skillful to make a comparison between Star Trek New Generation and... It's always skillful. And the Dhamma. But... It's, it's helpful for me. I, in my mind, I think of Sariputta as like the Buddha's number one. Um, whether or not that's accurate, it, that's definitely, definitely a fabrication. But it's, it's just helpful to understand that Sariputta is one of the Buddha's disciples. And he's, he's very, very well practiced. And he's rightly self-awakened. So... He is being questioned by Ananda 
who, whose mind is a little more distracted about what it's like to develop concentration, what it's like to um, develop jhana to the point of only being sensitive to what is occurring. So I'm going to read just Ananda's question again. So Ananda asked a question. Dear friend, could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to the earth or the elements of the earth? Could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to the infinitude of space or of consciousness? Could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to nothingness or of neither perception nor non-perception? Could one develop concentration to the point that they would not be sensitive to this world or the next world? Would this one still be sensitive to what is occurring? So all of these phenomena that are being listed here that Ananda is asking about, earth, its elements, infinitude of space, consciousness, nothingness, perception, non-perception, this world, the next world, are all fabricated. They're occurring in the mind through the lens of self-identification. A Dhamma practitioner will practice wise restraint as these phenomena arise in the mind and abandon these phenomena. Awakening is develop, developing concentration to the point that these phenomena have no distraction potential. They just arise and pass away on their own. And the Dhamma practitioner has no sensitivity to them. So then Sariputta says, Yes, dear friend Ananda, even with great concentration, this one could be sensitive to what is occurring. So Sariputta is saying, well, first of all, he, he doesn't really address all the other parts of the question. He only talks about being sensitive to what's occurring because all the rest of that is just fabrication. It's just Ananda's distracted mind Trying to, un, trying to grapple with what it's like to be aware of only what is occurring. And so, so what, he's, what he zone, zones in on is even with great concentration, you're still sensitive to what's occurring. So you're still experiencing life as life occurs. Sariputta is saying you don't lose all your sensitivity you lose sensitivity to distraction. You lose sensitivity to mental processes that arise from self-identification. This is unbinding. You unbind from the suffering of self-identification as you practice jhana, as you develop concentration. Okay, so then Ananda asks, please explain how one could develop concentration so they would be, not be sensitive to the earth or to this world or the next world and still be sensitive to what is occurring. So in this question, you can see in Ananda's mind this profound distortion of ignorance, which is that I have to self-identify in order to exist in this world. And that's not true. So in Ananda's mind and in our minds, if I'm not sensitive to self-identification, I must not be sensitive to anything at all. I must 
I don't, I am no longer, right, I no longer exist. That is a complete distortion. Yeah, in other words, if you don't willingly make yourself exist, you don't exist. Right. Which is where all the stress and suffering in your life comes from. I have to be thinking about my experience in order to experience it. That is false. So when Say we that again, Jenny. That's so <laughs> important. If you can remember, I know it's hard sometimes. I have to think about my experience in order to experience it. That's false. That's what, that's self-identifying. Yeah. And so, when we abandon self-identification, when we abandon identifying or clinging to phenomena arising in the mind, we still exist, we still experience phenomena we just don't self-identify with them Sariputta continues let me explain on one occasion I was in Savati at the blind man's grove I developed concentration to the point that I was neither sensitive to the earth or to this world or the next world yet I continue to be sensitive to what is occurring Please tell me, dear friend, Sariputta, what were you sensitive to at the time? It's like, that's a good question. That's a good question. Ananda, I was sensitive to the cessation of becoming. I was sensitive to unbinding. I was sensitive to the arising and passing away of all phenomena. Just as a wood fire's flames arise and pass away, I was sensitive to unbinding from wrong views. So here, Sariputta sort of highlights for us that awakening is an ongoing process. It's not like a place you land. It's continuously happening. As jhana deepens, even within a single sit, self-identifying with phenomena quiets. This is what is referred to when Sariputta says, I was sensitive to the cessation of becoming. Becoming is self-identifying with phenomena, which leads to the ignorance of Four Noble Truths. Becoming is moving away from right view. So the cessation of becoming, which is what we experience in jhana, is remaining in right view. And that kind of ties it into, again, this entire structured study on jhana. Just another example of Experiencing jhana. Outstanding. <laughs> um, so let's go around the Zoom room first. And I just want to remind you that um, if you, you're welcome to ask any questions you have, um, point out any insights you had into this sutta and but don't feel like you have to say anything you can also take no silence whatever you choose it's what's occurring brian uh thank you for this 
the uh, the thing that I guess jumped out at me was all of the the commentary around sensitivity requires the sixth sense base, and and the sixth sense base is what sits in the middle of dependent origination, right? That leads up to the becoming, and so the. All of the sensitivity that, that Ananda is talking about is, is directly attributed to anatta, or not so. And so you can still experience life as life occurs. You're just, as you said, not attached to the phenomena because it's not personal anymore. So again, you're still sensitive. It's just you're not sensitive with anatta. You're just sensitive to what's occurring. It's a, just a different experience. Which is why he gets into the the cessation of becoming. So I, again, this is always fascinating to me, just how deep these suttas go and how much is embedded in them. Um, so thank you. Thanks, Brian. Deb. Hi. Thank you. Uh, my mind's kind of blown on that one. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to it. I am continuing the practice. And thank you for the Sangha and thank you for the classes. I'm glad you're here, Deb. Yeah, this was a this is a dent this was a dense dense like it's going to just keep on giving kind of sutta. Julia. Hi, Jen. Thank you. So the goal here isn't to, like, work, like, I'm going to, we all are going to be sensitive to, to, I don't know, everything. Like, the goal isn't to not feel. Right. Mm, okay. Because I, I, so it's, is it not, I don't want to say wrong, but is it wrong for me to sort of be in a situation? Because I try to numb myself. Mm-hmm. How's that working out for you? Oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's wise of you to, to, to acknowledge that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've been thinking of this a little uh, incorrectly, I would say. Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, Ananda was, I mean, this is what Ram was kind of touching on, too. Ananda was thinking about it wrong as well, because he clearly, in his questioning, is thinking that you can either be sensitive to everything or be sensitive to nothing, but you can't be sensitive to only what's occurring, but also not sensitive to how I relate to what's occurring. So it's hard for the mind to like, you're going to grapple with that a little bit. So just let that, you know, just let it sink in, let it work on you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Deep stuff. <laughs> Jane. Hi, Jen. Hi. You did such a great job. I just, 
I just can't think of anything that would add to what you already said. So thank you very much. I just read the sutta, you guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you, Jane. Ah, <sighs> Ram. And for me, the interesting thing here is Ananda. You know, here's somebody who's in the thick of it. Mm. I mean, he's right next to the Buddha whenever he's teaching, whenever he's not teaching. He's right there. And he's not getting it. <laughs> he's not, right. He's not getting yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's because, and, and it's, and I, I've, I've looked into that, that relationship between, between Ananda and the Buddha, because it must have been abundantly clear to the Buddha that Ananda was, was hanging on to something. It does become clear at times. Uh -huh. and, and, but it was important. I, my feeling is that, because that, um, you, you really, I mean, you see, um, there's that, that famous line, I, I will not hover over you. Mm. You know, I will, I, will, uh, I will correct you from time to time, but I will not hover over you. Mm -hmm. um, and I see Anand is having, he just had that, that function. He, he had to be there. That mind had to be going all the time to remember everything and... Um, and I think the Buddha just didn't want him going off to outer space <laughs> because he was important. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it took until after the Buddha's death that Anand finally let go of, of that task, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and finally let that, that raging mind of his go mm -hmm. and, and awaken. Uh, and I think the saying was, you know, he, he couldn't make up his mind whether he was going to awaken uh, sitting up or lying down, so he awakened somewhere in between. <laughs> uh, but, but you see how, um, you know, the, 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 the uh, you see these, these two people, see, see the Buddha and, and Ananda, and, and Sariputta, you know, and Sariputta was, was uh, I think, at some point, uh, Ananda's teacher, is actually his mm -hmm. primary teacher. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and um, I just find it fascinating that, that somebody can be that close to the Buddha. And still wasn't getting it. And, well, he was getting it. <laughs> he just didn't get it yeah, out of the way. There was always that little bit that was holding him yeah, back. That, you know, that, that, that little bit was his role. He was uh -huh. yeah. the Buddha's second. And that role couldn't change until the Buddha changed. Mm -hmm. you know, as yeah. he used to say in, in Star Trek, discorporate. <laughs> Is that Robert Heinlein? <laughs> that's, um, that's Heinlein. That was Heinlein. So uh, he, he had... You could say that Ananda was fulfilling the fabricated bodhisattva vow mm. by staying in service to his cousin until his cousin passed. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he very quickly awakened, who, according to the text, within about mm -hmm. a month. He was just so pissed off. <laughs> well, maybe, but also that was... Um, 
I think it was a, an act of great love and great humility yeah. to be of service to his cousin all yeah. those years and not decide as someone who wasn't, who was still rooted in a fabrication, like, oh, what the hell, let me go and awaken and, you know, and stop all this service. Uh -huh. right. He did. He stayed there right he until stayed the right there. And it, 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 it's reflective of the sutta as well because he wasn't... Um, the, the, the mention of sense, this was a difficult sutta to, to restore because the word sensitive here has a lot of different meanings, but it couldn't, in other words, sometimes the meaning sensitive means distracted. Sometimes the meaning of sensitive means I'm in touch with my senses mm -hmm. and, they're, and I'm using them for this moment. Mm -hmm. And that relates to everything that Ananda was about and also relates to what Brian said, is the sixth sense phase. So we use our senses to live and we use our senses to feel. We're supposed to feel. If we're not feeling, we're dead. So the, the point, I know that at first glance the Dhamma could seem like, oh, we're not supposed to feel, we're not supposed to think, we're just supposed to be robots. And it really is just the opposite. We learn to feel at its, its most basic and human level because I'm no longer in charge of my feelings. Once we can allow ourselves to feel as a human being and rather as than rather than as John Haspel wants mm -hmm. me to feel, mm -hmm. now right. I'm alive. Now I'm president. Now I'm using my sixth sense base as it should be to be sensitive to this moment mm -hmm. rather than to be sensitive to how I want this moment to be. Right. And that's the that's the profound difference that I mean you really brought it out yet. But that this dense suit that brings. You get away from the distraction of wanting your feelings to be different. Mm -hmm. What can I do to change my or feelings? Or do you be hurt? You do, we wind up not having the feelings. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds I can't make you know how I feel. Yeah. Then I must not be feeling at all. Right. Instead mm -hmm. of, maybe you're pissing me off right now. But I can just take, be sensitive to the fact that I'm upset mm -hmm. without having to I make and say you blah 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 mm -hmm. and throw a rock at you and start another war. I can just sit here peacefully with my feelings, knowing that it's my feelings that are informing my life. Again, for me to think that I have to control my feelings means that I've lost my mind instead of just welcoming whatever the feeling is, whatever the thought is, whatever the moment is, being sensitive to my life as my mm -hmm. life occurs. Do you have anything else you want to say, John? Because I'm calling on you next. I'm sure, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best to keep my mouth mm. closed for a while. I'm not saying that. I know you're not, but I'll do my best. So you're good? Yeah, I'm sure I'll have something else to say. Oh, yeah, Probably after Laura says something. <laughs> Hi, Brett. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for your teaching. Um, I guess... The only way I can really, well, there's, there's a lot in there, and it's good to hear everybody's talks, uh, their explanations, and the breakdowns, because that's helpful. Um, and I, I think for me, it's just uh, a pretty busy year, and then want, needing to rein it in and you know, not be attached to all the things that I was attached to last year, feelings and stress, and you know, so, so existing now, trying to exist now with... Um, just being in the moment and it being enough and mm. not, you know, having this whole, you know, 20 other layers on top of, you know, which they're still there, but, you know, just getting better at it. And uh, so I, I don't know if I really 
hit on anything. But it did. It was yeah. good to be Brett, huh? Instead of all those other things. Yeah, so trying to do more of that without all the other stuff that, you know, would attach to. The world, this world and the next world. Yeah. And, yeah. right? All that. Yeah, so, and it's, it is challenging to sit there and feel all the things that come up and, and, uh, and let them pass through and, you know, but that's, just in general, that's where I'm at, you know, just being able to do that instead of avoiding it in some kind of way. That's great. Yeah, you're doing it. Yeah. It is. Future Brett's going to thank you. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Ron. Bridget? Hi. Okay. Thank you for the teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely is one of the more challenging suttas that I've, that I've listened to or remembered. Yeah. So far. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely dense. Yeah. I feel like it touched on a lot of things that I'm starting to connect to mm-hmm. and, and practice, but I do feel like there's a lot more to it that I'm not quite able to really wrap my head around mm-hmm. just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, John's kind of elaboration on the word sensitive is really helpful because mm. I think that's kind of where I struggle. I also was kind of connecting it to that um, notion of numbness. I think Julia mm-hmm. was kind of touching on as well. Mm-hmm. I think I also had in my mind before I began this journey mm-hmm. that, oh, I don't know if I want to live like that. It's like being numb. Like yeah. I, I thought, oh, right. that's like, nothing. Know, but will I yeah. not have feelings anymore? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm finding that it's the, almost the opposite, mm-hmm. that I'm free to feel my feelings mm-hmm. in the moment, um, but I don't have to. Um, attach them to the future or the past or have all these stories about them. So that's really cool. I feel like I can relate to it on that level. Um, But I think when you guys are talking about some things I don't really know very much about yet, I'm like a little bit lost. The six... Six sense base, yes. Yeah, I I haven't gotten that far. That's just your your senses. And, well, your five senses and your and your consciousness mm-hmm. the, the sense of the mind so it, this is this which we use that. which we use to interface with our environment so you would remain sensitive in the sense that you'd be aware of right. those things occurring and I think I was a little confused until John was saying that it's okay to actually be upset like you just recognize that you're upset sure. or, or that you're happy or, you know, right. whatever. Um, but you don't have to react to it. Exactly. I guess it's like, so you're not sensitive in that way that you're, like, not um, controlled by what you're interacting yeah. You're sensitive with. to the feeling, not to who who brought the feeling okay. or what might have instigated the feeling. So if there's, you know, another idea or you heard something or somebody said something, it's just... It's just a feeling. You're having a feeling. And so when we start owning all those feelings, then we're in control of them. And then they can just be a reflection of what's occurring in our life, which is how we're supposed to live as human beings. We have feelings. We have thoughts. We have the ability to interpret a thought, or in other words, attach a thought to a feeling, which is, creates an emotion. And all of that is being a part of a human being. It's when the human, it's when the emotion arises, and we have to apply it to something, whether it's through eye making, 
or through blaming others, which is another form of eye making. And now we've we've fabricated the moment out of existence, literally. We're not seeing or living the experience of this. But when we when the exact same occurrence happens, and I'm simply feeling what I'm feeling and thinking through right view, now I'm alive for the first time. So do you see, Richard, the same exact thing. And it might be someone who who Previously, you might have said, I hate that person because of how they make you feel or maybe how they live their life. Now, you're having the experience of, you're having the same experience, except now you're interpreting it through right view. You understand that this feeling that is, ar that is arising is an appropriate feeling because, simply because it's here, but you're not putting it on another person and you're not judging it at all. And that's also now informing what's occurring rather than you masking what's occurring by your own judgment of it. Mm -hmm. So you can see someone who you might have literally hated before. And I don't, I don't know why I'm using this as one This is only one minor example. Now you can see that person through understanding. You'll have a, you may have a profound, may or may not have a profound feeling of, I can't believe that I judge a person this way, because now you're getting in touch with what you understand the stress and suffering. And all that you're seeing then is just what's occurring in your life and not what's occurring in another's. And that's not to, not to make this practice magical, but that's magic. It really is. I was thinking, I, again, I'm getting a little bit off the point, excuse me for doing this, but I'm trying to think about how to express something that you all know how I cry so easy. And I think those of you that have known me for years probably think I'm crying more often than ever. Is that true? What I... Yeah. Not really. Okay, well that's cool. No, no, no. It seems no. to me I am. And, <coughs> and I'm trying to figure out why. And it's 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 these it's it's moments that catch me off guard that I, I find myself almost brought to tears. And I'm trying what's the matter with me? And I'm thinking, is it medication I'm taking? Um, I know it actually I thought about this because I know that there's some um, aspects of Parkinson's that you know, so I had I got checked for it because I'm thinking, is that what's making me cry all the time? And, it, and it's not that. And I don't even know if I can express it completely, but it's just, there's times when I hear something, somebody does something, completely ordinary, but it's just so, it's so damn human that it just brings tears to my eyes. And again, I don't know how, I don't know how to explain it, except it's just that. It might be, it might be something I might even hear on the news, or just... Um, Somebody talking about something, and something, something, something happened, and it's just, it's just, it's just so human life is, it's just, it's, it's stunningly, it's stunningly magnificent in its mediocrity, in its ordinariness, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying it. I think it sounds like you have to, you have to see it this way. You don't. This is what, it's seeing the most ordinary moments as meaningful that brings tears to my eyes now. It's not the, it's not the green flash. You know, it, it's not a, it, it doesn't, it, that's enough. I'm done. I can't say it anymore. But, <laughs> no, I, it, but I, it, it relates to what we're talking about. <laughs> I think, I think, I, I, the sensitivity that Saraputta is talking about is the sensitivity to be alive. To live your life, and to have the—excuse me for saying it this way—to have the courage, the guts, 
to just be present for this moment in your life. And if you do it just once, you're going to want to do it again and again and again. That's all I got to say. Mm -hmm. Something that you said too, Bridget, I wanted to just kind of point out to you was when you were kind of hearing things that you felt like maybe you didn't fully understand yet, just sort of letting that go is great. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely what, how you want to handle this. Just kind of like let the insights, whatever's, whatever's sinking, let that sink in. Whatever's not, it's okay. It'll come around again. <laughs> totally will, yeah. So, good job. Well Jerry, done. would you talk about that just for Bridget? You were coming to class for how many years? 20, 30, 40 years? <laughs> before, before you would say that it just started clicking in, because it, like, like most people. Oh, like it? last week it started clicking yeah, in? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's always, time. it feels like it's always, honestly, it feels like it's always clicking in. Yeah. It's, a, it's always like, you know, these moments of sort of like a deeper, deeper kind of understanding. <coughs> and, it, like, and it has to do with practice. You know, as you sit and meditate, and come to class and have conversation just the natural outgrowth of that is that you become more concentrated and you, and you start to understand you're like oh the sixth oh oh like that oh you know that kind of just happens so yeah and Sarah is an excellent example of it David Jim. hi I always think Ananda is us. Mm -hmm. Everybody's Ananda. Everyone's Ananda. Ananda is everyone. <laughs> oftentimes, Ananda is expressing his difficulties. Yeah. And it's also expressing what your practice is, is right effort and elements of the seven factors of awakening, having that energy, being able to apply that energy correctly to investigate what you don't know now, in six months, you will have that moment where you understand what this means, and, this, and the next time you hear this will be totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Nanda represents us. He represents not quite getting it. Visaka yeah. is another character didn't have taught by his ex-wife and it represents that this is a gradual practice mm -hmm. and be gentle with yourself and be diligent so thank mm -hmm. you Jen mm -hmm. thank you, David. hi Ilya thank you for um, I was thinking that it, it uh, I mean I understand it I, and uh, uh, can understand it in application and in my life. And I, I, I feel like if the focus is not on the s senses and more on the ability to discern reality from fiction, then it 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 becomes obvious. It becomes more clear for me. Mm -hmm. It becomes clear. Just as this is. This is reality, this is fiction. Mm -hmm. Anything that's not here right now is fiction. And then the senses are just, 
it's okay. Any because you can only apply them to reality. But if you give yourself the um, boundaries of, of discernment, I don't know if boundaries is the right word, but the understanding, the discernment of fiction from reality, then it the rest falls into place. Mm -hmm. Or in my um, in my application. <laughs> but but that's a slippery slope, you know, especially in society because there's a lot of fiction coming at us at all times. Yeah. <laughs> and we're we're constantly in fiction. Mm -hmm. You know, but we can be in fiction and still be in reality. But that's our business, right? And then, that's what and this then practice is teaching us. There's a lot of freedom in the expression. <coughs> in that. Understand. Thank you. Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, what Ilya was saying, it's it's a struggle. It's uh, there's a lot of like David was saying, it requires a lot of diligence and investigation ongoing into your mind because we leave this room and people, you know, the communication, even just the words that we use out there in the world, like, to talk to each other, it's like, what's fact, what's fiction, what's real, what's not real, but this practice helps so much with, like Brian was saying, mm -hmm. just getting in touch with the sixth sense base and you and I mean, you explained it so clearly. I mean, just sensitivity, you know, to our senses, not the like emotional things that I attach to them and mm -hmm. self-identify with right. them and create based on my senses. It's just oh, there's a sensation mm -hmm. rising and passing away, and that's it. I mean, it's difficult to. Up, like live this I will say like sometimes it's it really is difficult but the meditation more and more I mean it does help you to think a lot more clearly so mm -hmm. yeah you did this one <laughs> yeah thanks Laura thanks Laura do you have any quick announcement before you finish yeah we have Laura and I scattered out all of Lake Nakamixon oh, yeah. uh, Every inch of it, I swam to the bottom of it. Ah, yeah, and we decided on uh, parking lot one at the main entrance. I'll send uh, I'll send an email out with all the directions, but uh, that's where we're going to be. It's a great spot right near the lake. And, uh, yeah. place where parking lot one of Lake Nakamixon. <laughs> when you say yeah, June 14, um, 4 o'clock. It's also my surprise 40th birthday. September. September. September 4th. 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 What's that? September 4th. September 4th. At 4 o'clock. 4 p.m. Right. It's a surprise 40th birthday party for John. <laughs> yes. Uh, I never had a surprise birthday party when I was 40, so this is <laughs> my last so, chance. Uh, self fabrication. Anyway. Yeah, self fabrication yeah. is going yeah. on here. And bring a dish I to share. This is a potluck. Potluck. Yeah. Dish to share. Do they have grills? Very, very there grills there? What's that? Uh, yeah, there's grills. Got to be grills. you. Yeah, you. I hope to see you all there. I'm all for it. Dogs, cats, welcome. Yeah. Or there's charcoal grills. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's got to be grills. Any vegan options? There'll be stuff for David, everybody. This is going to be good. Me too. Yay. All right. I will read the Karinia Metasutta. So get back into your comfortable meditation seat. 
This is the Karaniya Metta Sutta. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. In gladness and in safety, may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you all for a wonderful class. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.